Well, amen. Morning. How about all this sunshine and stuff? I was down in Tampa for a couple of days. I guess I brought it back up with me. I should, maybe I should go once a week? Okay. All right. Well, one phenomenon about prayer is that God answers it. I mean, that's phenomenal. Prayer is not just talking over things with him, even though that is part of it. It's amazing that God asks asks us to ask for him to act on our behalf. And what's amazing on top of that is he has promised to act on our behalf when we pray and bring our request to him. In other words, he's promised to answer prayer. Now, not always a yes answer. The point is, he never ignores our prayers. So does God answer everything submitted to him? Sometimes it seems like the answers are no. It appears that many prayers go up and only a few answers come down. But the problem with unanswered prayer is not the prayer itself, it's the way we pray. So today we're going to talk about three guidelines to praying, three ways to pray. And it's all about the answer to prayer. Now, before we get into it, I want to say a few things about prayer. First of all, asking and receiving, the asking part. I've, I've heard some people say that that shouldn't be the primary thing in prayer. I've heard people say things like this. Simply asking all the time is the elementary school of prayer. As we grow in our faith, they say, our prayers will be less about asking and more about contemplation. You know, the monk type prayers. It's not exactly right. While it's true that as we grow in our faith, our prayers become deeper and more contemplative, but the asking and receiving aspect of prayer, we will never get to the point where we leave that behind. Never, ever. Because this is how God wants it. He wants us to depend on him. Jesus urged his disciples to pray this way. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. That's the way Jesus told us to do it. Ask. It can be seen in the Lord's Prayer, the most famous prayer. You know, churches do it every Sunday. They recite it. People wake up sometimes every morning and recite this prayer. And basically, it's a prayer of petition. Now, yes, it's a high and lofty prayer at the beginning. Our Father who art in heaven, adoration there. At the end, yours is the glory, the kingdom and the power, all that stuff. All right. But right in the middle, there are three personal requests. One is for material needs. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We're told by Jesus to pray for those things. We're told by Jesus in the middle of this prayer to pray for our sins to be forgiven. We're told to uh, pray for temptation to be taken from us, be delivered. So whatever we need, God wants us to ask for it. Here's another comment I hear. Oh, I shouldn't bother God with the petty details of my prayers. He has so many other things to worry about. Why should he worry about my insignificant little prayers? 
Now, I mostly hear that about criticism of other people praying. You know, like the, the little lady who says, oh, I pray for a parking space every time I go to the mall. And, and, and people will make fun of that and say, well, there's thousands of people starving around the world and you're praying for a parking place. Now, I'll admit that some requests are trivial, but don't ever, ever make the mistake of thinking that God is too small and too limited to be able to answer all these requests at the same time. Praying is not like technical support where you call in, they put you on hold and say, your prayer will be answered, you know, in in the order of of your call, of your prayer. It doesn't work that way. It's not as if God was prevented from diverting some disaster halfway around the world because he was distracted by your request to help find your car keys. It's not going to happen like that. God can handle every single person's prayer. If every person on the planet right now we're praying at the same time. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, everyone praying at the same time. This is not going to tap out God's limits. It's not like he's going to not be able to answer. He can answer every single one and still stand on one leg and chew gum at the same time. He can do all that. In fact, to imply that God is not interested in hearing someone's prayer reveals a lack of understanding about who God is, how powerful he is, how much he cares for each one of us. I have two children. Imagine if one of them said to me, Dad, I've got this problem that I know you can take care of, but I'm not going to ask you because you've got another child, and that child probably needs your help more than I do, and and you probably care about their issue a little more than mine. If that happened, I would be completely insulted. I would, I would have to put on my Marlon Brando Godfather voice, and I'd say, what have I done that you should treat me with such disrespect? You know? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I would say, if you think that I consider my other child more important than you, you don't know me. You don't know me at all. The the nation of Israel, ancient Israel, after God gives all these laws, and you would think, wow, why'd you have to give us those? After all that, it, it shows right here in this verse what they think of his generosity, what they think of his care for them. They say, for what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? Whenever. They understood how much God cares. The asking aspect of prayer is foundational in our prayer life. It's got to be there. God wants us to ask, and he's willing to answer those prayers if we pray the biblical way. There is a biblical way to pray, and that's what we're going to look at today. Let's look at these three guidelines. Here we go. First one, ask with a clean heart. Now, Don't get too nervous there. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. That's not a sinless heart. Think of the term when somebody catches you doing something wrong and they say, what do they tell you? Come on, come clean. Come clean with it. It means just admit it. Come on out with it. A clean heart doesn't mean we're perfect. David said this, if I had ignored my sins, the Lord would not have listened to me. If I had ignored my sins... 
Here's a great example of this. This blew me away when I read about this. A man by the name of Kenneth Bruner. He attempted prayer in his life. All right? He and seven other accomplices were, were getting ready to rob a jewelry store in Des Moines, Iowa. So there's eight of these guys. Well, Bruner, being a stepson of a minister, asked God for protection as they carried off the heist. Well, the robbery was not successful, and the would-be thieves were all arrested. Now, that's a pretty extreme example, but it makes the point David makes. If we just ignore our sin, God's not going to put a whole lot of weight into our prayers. We know it's right there before us, and we'd still pray anyway. I mean, really, let's get real, right? If we were honest, brutally honest with ourselves, we'd have to admit that sometimes we ask God for prayers with not such good intentions. That's what James made reference to when he said, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what gives you pleasure. Now, God wants us to have pleasure, but not to the point where we're spoiled brats about it. If you want your prayers to be answered, you have to ask yourself, why am I praying this? Why am I asking for it? What is my motive? Is it to become a more effective follower of Christ? Or is it just to take care of my own agenda? If being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ is not your top priority, you're going to discover a little bit of a barrier between your prayers and heaven's throne. The reverse is true also. If you're walking in obedience to Christ, then your prayers will have power. Again, not perfection, just working on following Christ. That's what obedience means. Your prayers are going to have powers, and and, and he's going to answer them in mighty ways. John said this, Dear friends, if if our hearts do not condemn us, if we've got clean hearts, if we're confessing or whatever we're having to do, If we have that, then we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what what pleases him. If you want that phenomenon of answered prayer in your life, then make sure the way you pray is with a clean heart. Similar to what we talked about last week when we're honest. just means come clean. Have a clean heart. All right, here's our second guideline. Ask in faith. Ask in faith. Oh, what's that one? Jesus said it. If you have faith, you will receive whatever you pray for. He also said everything you ask for in prayer will be yours if you only have faith. So what is that? What is it to have faith? Well, that's a big topic. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to dedicate the message just to that having faith when we pray. But today I just want to bring up a a key factor in this. We need to realize that there's a difference between believing God can do something and God will do something. Big difference in those two. If God is all-powerful, well, of course he can do whatever he wants to do, right? But the crucial question is this. As you bring your request to him, Do you believe he'll do something about it? 
Do you really believe he'll do this? There's an old story about a pastor in a farming community, and they were going through a bad drought. So he called the church together one night to pray for rain. And they all gathered, and he stands before them, and he says, you know, I noticed that you all brought your Bibles, and I'm, I'm very glad you did that. I'm proud of you. But why didn't you bring your umbrellas? See what I mean? Asking in faith means this. I want you to write this one down. Asking in faith means that you take action in the direction of God's answer. You take action in the direction of God's answer. If you're asking for rain, start carrying an umbrella. (laughs) If you're asking for your business to be blessed, Start making preparations. If you're asking uh, for God to restore your marriage, start making plans for a second honeymoon. Take action in the direction of God's answer. Now, I'm not talking about presumption, just whatever it is, but just know if God wants this in your life, start moving in that direction. Let me give you an illustration of this with a little story. There was a woman named Peggy who was diagnosed with cancer. She began praying that God would heal her. And not just heal her of cancer, but that he would make her completely healthy. Peggy had always had a bit of a weight problem all her life. So she wasn't very energetic and she was always sick. So she made some major changes in her lifestyle. She started walking every day. She drastically changed her diet. Eventually, this cancer went into remission. And she was healthier than she had ever been in her entire life. This is what she said. I asked God to restore my health, and he said to me, if you want me to restore your health, then start living like a healthy person. Peggy started taking action in the direction of God's answer. That's asking in faith. You're really believing God is going to do this. One more guideline. Ask according to God's will. What God wants. John said, we're confident that God listens to us if we ask for anything that has his approval. We know that he listens to our requests. So we know that we already have what we ask for. He's saying that In order for the prayers to be answered, it has to be according to God's will. Now, you're saying right now, aha, there it is, the fine print. There's a catch. If you don't ask according to God's will, he won't do it. If you do ask according to God's will, he would have already done it anyway. Well, first of all, look closely at your Bible. And the print in this verse is the same size as the print in the rest of the Bible. So no, it's not God's escape clause. And secondly, let's not assume that just because something is God's will that it's going to happen. Can't assume that. In fact, God's will isn't always done. That's why Jesus added in that prayer, what did he say? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a difference. Why would he have us pray that? Here's another example. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, God wants everyone to turn from sin 
and no one to be lost. He doesn't want anyone missing from his kingdom. But guess what? There will be people that don't get saved. There will be people that don't make it. So why would that be? If it's God's will, why does this happen? Well, I believe he leaves this up to us because he wants us to get in tune with what he's about, in tune with his will for our lives. There are many things that God wants to give us that we don't receive because we don't ask. We don't ask. For example, he wants us to experience peace. I know so many believers who have anything but peace, all wound up with stuff. Another thing, he wants us to have joy. It's his will for us to have joy. How many of you know, like I do, all kinds of prune-faced Christians always mad about something, you know? But that's his will for us to have joy. He wants us to be fulfilled in our work. We did a whole message on that a few weeks ago. But how many believers do you know who are completely frustrated at their jobs? Why? Maybe it goes back to that verse again. We don't have because we don't ask. Maybe we're just not asking. There are so many things that we know are God's will, and yet we miss out on them because we're afraid to ask or we don't think to ask. In spite of the fact that he promises to give us what we ask according to his will. His will covers enormous areas. Let me go down a short list of promises of God that he wants us to have. It may take me about 30 minutes. Love, it's his will for us to have love. Joy, peace, holiness. You ever think about that? It's God's will that you and I are holy. Whoa. Whoa. Look at me, and you're not going to see holiness very easily, are you? But that's his will for me. Power over sin. It's his will that we're fulfilled. It's his will that we have strong family relationships, that we have a satisfying career, like I mentioned. Abundant life. Financial stability. There's a good one. Discipline. Good health. Hope. Happiness. Forgiveness. and So much more. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of promises in the Bible of blessings God wants to give us if we will just ask. The phrase about asking according to God's will is not fine print. It's not the escape clause. Actually, it's the seal of guarantee. If something is his will for you, why would he want to keep it from you? So ask for what you know he wants you to have. He's not going to hold back. So what do, we, what do we draw from this message? Somebody might say, you know, there's a promotion coming up at work this week. Should I ask for it? Should I ask God? Should I pray about it? Well, yes, of course. Somebody may say, yeah, you know, I've got some health problems or somebody in my family has health problems. Should I pray for healing? Yes, of course. Somebody's single and they're, they're saying, well, you know, I want to get married. Should I 
ask God to bring the right husband or wife into my life, you know? Yes, go for it. Of course. Ask for these things. But, but here it is. If you missed everything else, this is what I want you to hear today. God will give you what you ask for or something better. He'll give you what you ask for or something better. Do you remember a time when you were waiting for something you wanted so badly? You were praying so diligently. Did one of those times ever end up where God said no or or he didn't give you what you wanted and it turned out to be the best thing you could have ever imagined? Anything like that ever happened to you? I want to close today with a a story. This story is called The Necklace. If you have, guys, if you have a daughter, it's going to get to you, the dads. The Necklace. The cheerful little girl named Ginny with bouncy golden curls was almost five. Waiting with her mother in the checkout line, she saw them. A circle of glistening white pearls in a pink foil box. Oh, mommy, please, mommy, can I have them? Please, mommy, please. Quickly, the mother checked the back of the little foil box and then looked back into the pleading blue eyes of her little girl's face. $1.95, that's almost $2, sweetie. If you really want them, I think, I'll think of some extra chores for you, and in no time you'll have the money to buy them for yourself. Your birthday's only a week away, and you might get another crispy dollar bill from Grandma. As soon as Jenny got home, she emptied her penny bank and counted out 17 pennies. And that night after dinner, she did more than her share of chores. On her birthday, sure enough, Grandma did give her a crispy dollar bill, and at last she had enough money to buy the necklace. Jenny loved her pearls. They made her feel dressed up and grown up. She wore them everywhere, to Sunday school, kindergarten, even to bed. The only time she took them off was when she went swimming or had a bubble bath. Jenny had a very loving daddy. And every night when she was ready for bed, he would stop whatever he was doing, come upstairs to tuck her in. One night he asked Jenny, do you love me? Oh, yes, daddy, you know I love you. Then give me your pearls. Oh, Daddy, not my pearls. But you can have Princess, the white horse from my collection, the one with the pink tail. Remember, you gave him to me, gave her to me. She's my favorite. That's okay, honey. Daddy loves you. Good night. And he brushed her cheek with a kiss. About a week later at bedtime, same thing happened. The dad asked Jenny, do you love me? She said, Daddy, you know I love you. Then give me your pearls. Oh, Daddy, not my pearls, but you can have my baby doll, the brand new one I got for my birthday. She's beautiful. That's okay. Sleep well. God bless you, little one. Daddy loves you. As always, he brushed her cheek with a gentle kiss. A few nights later, when Daddy came in, Jenny was sitting on her bed. As he came close, he noticed her chin was trembling, and one silent tear rolled down her cheek. What is it, Jenny? What's the matter? Jenny didn't say anything but lifted her little hand up to her daddy. And when she opened it, there was her little pearl necklace 
with a little quiver in her voice, she said, here, Daddy, this is for you. See, it gets to me. With tears gathering in his own eyes, Jenny's dad reached out with one hand and took the dime store necklace, reached in his pocket with the other hand, and pulled out a blue velvet case with a strand of genuine pearls, and he gave them to Jenny. Little story, get me. He had them all along. He was just waiting for her to give up the dime store stuff so he could give her the genuine treasure. That's how it is with our Heavenly Father. All of our whacked out views of prayer that we've made up on our own, all of our crazy thoughts about God that we make up on our own, it's cheap stuff. It's dime store stuff. And he's waiting to give us the beautiful treasure. God will give you what you ask for or something much, much better. Jesus was talking to parents one time and he said, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, would you give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, maybe in this day it'd be fish sticks, <laughs> would you give them a snake? Of course not, Jesus says. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those of you who ask him? You've heard the saying, it doesn't hurt to ask. That couldn't be more true than in prayer. It doesn't hurt to ask. Don't hesitate. God will give you whatever you need. Sometimes he gives you what you want. And when you ask, ask with a clean heart. Just come clean with him. Open up to him. And ask in faith. Take a step in the direction of God's answer. If you believe this is what he wants for you, go for it. And ask according to his will. You find out a lot about God when you try to find out a lot about God. He's not hiding around the corner playing hide and seek from you. If you really want to know about God, you want to know his will, he wants to reveal it to you. So don't fall for the lie that says, oh, he's so hard to understand. Yes, he's extremely deep. You will not understand everything about him, but he's not playing hide and seek from you. He says, seek me and you will find me. That's, that's giving it up. The, the, the hide and seek thing doesn't work. He already, hey, here I am. Amen, yes. He'll give you what you want or he'll give you something better. So how do we get better at this? We practice it. Remember Richard Foster says we learn to pray by praying. So a little quiz here. Application for today, for this week, from this message. The application is that we are going to... Wow, you guys are smart. Picked right up on it. <laughs> Picked right up on it. So let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, thank you. We do pray. We ask. We petition. We bring our request to you, and we know that you care for us so we can bring our cares to you. And God, I ask that you would help us get this in us 
Get it in us, God. Holy Spirit, would you just teach us and teach us and teach us so prayer becomes second nature for us. We can always just talk to you and uh, realize that you're right here with us. And I thank you, Lord, that, that even today you have taken away some of this false guilt that we shouldn't bother you in asking for little things or big things or whatever. You, you're taking it away and you're teaching us that we can ask whenever we want to because you are our loving Father waiting to give us beautiful treasure in Jesus' name. Amen.